All right, welcome back to the Autocast. This is our third attempt to start this because uh, we tend to just be a little silly. Yeah. Uh, these. So Mark ends up cutting us off, or we cut ourselves off. It's really, he, pr- producer Mark is mean, and he doesn't give us candies. One day, maybe you'll use all of our You our have to earn footage. the candy. Yeah. Producer Mark is mean. Yeah, maybe you'll use our extra footage for different stuff. All right, let's talk about something. Let's talk about uh, it. Last night, I watched uh, Enter Miami versus uh, the Philadelphia, I don't know, whatever they are, fire. And uh, I don't know, are they the Philadelphia? Just fire? to clarify for everybody, the this, Philadelphia is, this Union. is soccer. This is soccer. Yeah, the Philadelphia yeah. Union, I think. I knew it was yeah. sports. Something. Football for our So just so you listener. know, Philadelphia hasn't lost since like last year's championship. That's impressive. And um, basically, Inter-Miami has, is the last place team in the entire MLS then you could, that was before Messi. Messi came. They they got five football players that played with Messi over the years, mm-hmm. and they went from being the worst team to the best team. They were up by the time I turned it on three nothing. They won four to one. Three nil is impressive. Messi scored a goal that <laughs> I could have scored. Like it's like it's like they're so afraid to play against him. For everybody who doesn't understand in football, that's like twenty one nothing. Yeah, like it's it's a lot. It's just it's more a, than it's that. A four, three nothing is a lot. So, yeah. but. He he scored from like twenty six yards out, and it just rolled in. Like it's like I don't know what's wow. happening. Like they're just so afraid to play him. They're just the they're like this is the goalie's worst game he's ever had. This goalie's usually he, he was the guy was bad. Like, but it's messy. So, um, but I don't necessarily like not everybody's soccer fans, football no, fans. Yeah. Um, he's but an American was, team. He's on Inter Miami. It's awesome. Yeah. They have pictures. I can't wait to. It's like, like a Argentina. whole thing. He's normally it's like Argentina, a whole thing, right? Oh yeah, he's the yeah, greatest soccer a, player in the world. That's the whole thing. Is like he he transferred into the MLS. From Argentina, but they just dominated like the best deal. teams in the league. And the MLS is Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer. Oh, gotcha. So they dominated the best. Just America. He's dominated the best teams in the league. They're undefeated since he came. <laughs> so, but they haven't been playing in their league games. They've been playing cup games. He's so the LeBron James of football. Saturday of, of they football. play in the in the league's cup, which now they're in the Concacaf Cup. They just qualify for next year. That's a big one. It's all the yeah. all the American leagues from the all America, South America, North America, Central America. That's next year's tournament. So the best the best league teams. From all those leagues come together and play for the big championship, and so like this is a big deal uh, if you like soccer. But I, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. What was impressive? What I want to talk about today is this one comment that was made, and the presenter was like, he said this: "Never before have I seen one man be responsible for such drastic change on any sport." The guy's like, "I'm a huge sports guy. I broadcast all these sports." And he's like, not even LeBron James. LeBron James plays a sport where one man can change mm. the game for one team. It's, the it's five different guys in, the court. in soccer. There's 11 guys on a team, 22 guys on the field. One guy normally can't make that big of a change. But Inter-Miami has went from the worst place team, terrible, to arguably one of the better teams in the world now. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, there's, they brought some other players along with him, but they're all old players. They're all in the they're into their careers. Mm-hmm. So they're not in their prime mm-hmm. and they're just dominating. And Messi has scored a goal in every game. He's got like nine goals. It's insane. So I want to, I want to make this comparison. Messi being such an amazing athlete has changed. Like inner Miami's um, social media went from like hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. to like 12 and a half million. And this was like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They have more social media following now than the entire rest of all the other teams combined by far. <laughs> well, yeah. 
and it went overnight. They hired, they 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 acquired Messi, and boom, it instantly changes. Mm-hmm. It's a drastic change for them financially, socially, internationally. It's going to give the sport as a whole and MLS. It's going to draw more attention to it mm-hmm. from some of the biggest players in the world. It's insane what's happening right now. And I I liken this to this. I, I liken this to like that's the impact that Christ had on the world. Like there were people that yeah. came in the world and made impacts, big impacts, like LeBron James, like came in and made him like there were some emperors in Rome that made a big impact on history. We still talk about them, Julius yeah. Caesar, like, but like what is happening with Messi in the grand scope of all of sports is insane right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I kind of think that's like what Jesus did to the world. Like Jesus came in the world and he wasn't just somebody who changed things. He changed everything. He mm-hmm. changed the face of all of it. And I do think this is going to change sports as a whole because it's going to change strategy. We're seeing we're seeing some of this strategy being changed where you're going to see more leagues trying to do this and acquire the best players in different sports to try to get the best players. You've seen it you know, on a global scale. Like, yeah, you have it in football, but football is really a regional thing here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it, just, it just makes me think, like, how impactful one player has been in generations of really successful athletes. Yeah. It seems that Messi may may go down as the greatest force to change sports, which is crazy in, when you think about years, what, maybe even what Pele did to fo- to to soccer. You look at Ronaldo, like you you, and then you go, oh my gosh, one person has made such a big impact so quickly, and I love that comparison too. We there's a pastor that we know. I don't. I don't I, this is not a statement of fact. I'm just stating what another pastor stated, but he stated even if the Bible didn't exist. I'd still be uh, still I'd still believe in Jesus. I do believe this. I'd still believe in Jesus because of the impact that Jesus and what Jesus did in the lives of others has done for the entire world, right? Like even if you take that all out of it, mm-hmm. I would still believe in Jesus because Jesus changed the lives of, tw- of 11 disciples and one apostle so much that they went out and they literally changed the face of the planet. And I do, I do agree with that. I think that's a great way to look at it. I mean, it. I think we, we would, had they not wrote it all down, we probably, like it still would have been transformative. Exactly, it changed right? people. Because it's like, it changed people so, like you talk about, there's hospitals, there's schools, there's there's uh, this idea that we should care for people that are, that are lesser than, like that was not a thing. That wasn't a thing until Jesus came along. People didn't just t- take care of the poor and the sick and the needy. Like that was not a thing. You just let them go. You let them die. Well, during the world. early, during as the as the Bible was being written, mm-hmm. as the New Testament was being written, there were plagues going through the Roman Empire. Yeah, Christians who had adopted Christianity, they stayed when everybody else left, and they took care of the sick while all the Romans ran. Yep. And it was powerful, and it was transformative to the whole culture. Of it. Yep. Like, it's why Christianity spread like wildfire, because this is what they did for those who mm-hmm. were lesser. They gave of their own selves. Mm-hmm. And that was as the as the Bible was becoming together. It's not even canon at this point. They don't even, you know, these Christians had maybe one letter, two mm-hmm. letters. They didn't have multiple letters. Yeah, they had whatever not, was yeah, circulating. We they didn't have, have a canon of scripture. Yeah, we're spoiled, because we have these 66 books that have been put together and, and you know, cross-examined and cross-hatched so many different ways. They didn't even have that. They had letters, right? They had letters from the disciples who had spent time with Jesus, and maybe some of them had witnessed Jesus. But they, their so here's the difference, though. They had the Holy Spirit. Like, the yeah. Holy Spirit was very li- very real, living and mm-hmm. active amongst the disciples as they traveled over exactly. and did ministry. We saw Paul. Mm-hmm. 
And the apostle and the disciples, as they traveled, they, there were miracles, there were signs, there were wonders that they did, just like Jesus. So as they traveled throughout the Roman Empire and the Jewish regions, they, they were doing miraculous things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the, the text that, can, that they were like, oh, the Bible said this, so I believe it. Like, they saw it. They saw mm-hmm. the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the craziness of the early church and, and the Holy Spirit moving amongst them. That's why I think it transformed the world. It wasn't. I think sometimes we put the emphasis on the world just because the Bible, we have the canon of the Bible. That didn't even come together for like 400 years. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, when we have all of what we have now in its current form, they had pieces and parts and still yeah. were, would give their lives and die for Jesus. That's how transformative it was on a scale of which I don't think we really understand how transformative no. the love of Jesus and the disciples and their ministry after he ascended to heaven how big of a deal that was to the world. Well, I think we get snapshots of it. I do think we get snapshots of it. I just don't know that we understand the full gravity of what that meant to those people because we've lived in a pretty moral, you know, adjacent to moral society for a long time. And those are just things that are the commonplace now, right? But that is because of the impact that Jesus had on the entire world. Like we don't realize the benefit. We do not have any idea the benefits that we really have as a result of the lifestyle of Jesus and how much barbar- more barbaric and different the world used to be and what was acceptable. You could literally just, if you wanted somebody's land, you go kill them, bury their bodies and take their land. That's literally what it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, I mean, the idea that we would know that's wrong, that that's morally wrong, like that was established, you know, in the Old Testament with with the laws that Moses brought down, and it was affirmed in the lifestyle of Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the law and helped everybody understand exactly what the law meant, but then lived out this this radical version of love that they'd not seen that helped people understand, okay, he's he's serious about all this, and it it just changed. And I think I think personally, and I'll just say this, I think when I see people who have genuine markers of Christian faith and and the lifestyle and character of Jesus, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. It is. You see that and you go, oh my gosh, I want to be like that. You just see those people and you go, oh man. Not And I'm not talking about like celebrity pastors or anything. Like that. I'm talking about like regular everyday people. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's people in our life that we know. I, I'll give a shout out to Rob Freeman. Rob Freeman is one of the kinds of these, these people that will serve anybody. And we'll go above and beyond to serve anybody and help right. no matter what's going on. And like, to me, I watch what Rob does and I go, man, I really, I want, I, I desire to have more of that. Cause that's, that is a reflection of the Jesus Christ that he serves and worships and loves. And I go, I want more of that. And so I just think we, we see glimpses of that and we see, we see pieces from the people that are in our life that represent Jesus but to the level that they got to see it, and that's it's it's amazing, right? No, I I would agree. Like there are there are the glimpses in life, but it's just the transformative nature is is palpative, and I I just don't know that people get it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think we we have what we have when it comes to Jesus. We know what we know, mm-hmm. and we don't always have the context of what what little the early believers had, and mm-hmm. still fought so hard for others to know. Yeah. And it's like, we have, we have all the perspective that we need and we do so little with it. Oh yeah. They had no perspective. They just, they just knew that they needed Jesus. Yeah. They heard somebody come in town and preach a message. And then like, that's what I want because life is terrible. Mm -hmm. And honestly, life can be really terrible now in today's modern Mm -hmm. world. 
But like people don't turn to Jesus. Mm-mm. Like they turn to all these other really gods we've created. Mm-hmm. And I think that the challenge for us is to recognize that when Jesus has been the transformative force on the planet since he came, it's why Christianity is all over the known world. And people have fought to, to share it mm-hmm. and to give their lives for it. Like, why don't we, why don't we focus more on our own relationship with Jesus? And like those early church fathers, early church believers, why are we stuck just, yeah, this is cool Bible. Like I get, I'll go to church, but like, we really don't let it transform our lives like they did. And thus it's really not transforming the world as much as it used to either. Yeah. I, I have said this a couple times and I, I, I've said this to students as we're talking, but I, I, it has been my feeling since the origin of my faith. And it was my experience in church that I felt like I always got sold a cheap gospel. Like, and, and what I want to say by that, I'm not saying that the message of Jesus is somehow cheap. I'm saying that the idea, you know, we were told when we were growing up, you just pray this prayer and you accept Jesus into your heart and that's it. You're done. Like you're in, you're good. Mm-hmm. Right. And the problem is that's, while that is a true aspect of our faith, it is only a very small portion of what coming to faith and making Jesus the Lord of your life really means. Mm-hmm. And like when we look at it, it's like how many people have prayed that prayer with no intention of lifestyle change or in no intention of of trying to emulate or 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 be like Jesus. They've just said that prayer because it's like basically a get out of jail free card. And it's like that is the cheap gospel to right. me. The The real gospel is like, do all of this in remembrance of me. Love people the way that I loved you first. That's the new commandment, right? Love people right. as I have loved you, right? And then basically it's like, it's going to cost you. Like you're, you, what we, I'm so tired of the idea of like faith being free. Like, yes, it's free in the aspect it doesn't cost you money, but it should cost you everything. It should cost yeah. you the way that you used to be, all the selfish desires that you used to have, the way that you used to want to live. Like you should not want to live like that anymore because the love of Jesus has transformed your heart. Yeah. And I would say that if you haven't had that experience, you should pray for that experience. I would say that if you haven't had that experience and you've been a Christian for a long time, I would I would really examine your heart and your faith because a a personal relationship with Jesus, there there is no other outcome other than lifestyle change and trying to be more like Jesus. It's just something that works inside of you and when you've really decided that that's where your heart is and you really want to give it to Jesus. Uh, let me make this comparison. Um, I saw this video. I don't know why I was so interested in it on YouTube, but I, and now I have a connection of why I think I was interested in it. This is why. It's about rats. This is really, this is really morbid. <laughs> this is, stick with me if you're actually listening. This is morbid. but you know, Rats! So back, you know, you know, scientists in our country have done some really terrible things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they used to, I don't know when this was, 1800s or 1920s, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, somewhere, it's a while ago. They, um, not, might have been during World War II. Yeah, it was during World War II. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was German scientists during World War II, I think. I'll have to find out again. That's why it's so creepy. They took rats and they, they lots of animals, mm-hmm. and they would drown them. They put them in a, they put them in a jar and they just saw how long they would swim until they would drown. And they would drown it. And they did it over and over again. And then they averaged out that rats will swim like 41 minutes before they drown, which is pretty impressive, I think, 41 minutes. But they, when they took the rat out, 
and then saved it and then put the back in, rat back in to drown it again. The rat, they had one swim for 81 hours because the point at which someone realized, the rat realized it could get saved, it'll give everything. Yeah. And I think that's the problem we miss with Christianity. I, I might have to do a sermon on this. This is, yeah, this is actually really good. I, I, this is actually really deep. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to be a great sermon. We were saved from that death. Mm-hmm. Jesus pulled us up out of that drowning water. And then now we're back into it because we're in life. Like, mm-hmm. we know that we can be saved again. We should be swimming as hard as we can, hard, giving everything we had to be mm-hmm. saved. But there are people in our lives who are just like, oh, just drown again. Like, you know, I'm done. Yeah. But that is, the reality is we have been saved from eternal death by Jesus Christ. We should be swimming and swimming and swimming. You know, that whole just keep swimming thing. Like, yeah. It's a real deal. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just yeah. keep swimming. Like, salvation is coming. You will be saved. Like, and I think it's a profound thing. Now, it's horrible because this, I think this comes from a German experiment during World War II. Ooh. I'm about to find those details out. But I was, like, mesmerized that rats could make it that long. 81 hours is days of Don't just Don't you think it's incredible swimming. what hope do, what hope should do to us, though? Right. Right? Like, isn't it incredible what hope should do to us? Yeah. But often, we it doesn't. Because we're not focused on the hope side. Right. We're just focused on us. Focused on the drowning. Right. And that was the like, problem. Yeah. When the rats thought they were going to drown, they just gave up. It's like, we're going to drown anyways. Might as well. Yeah. yeah. It just like, it's like, there's no, there's no, not sal- that they have no that salvation. sentient, you know, like, yeah, you know I mean? Like, but it's like, yeah, I mean, the thought of survival is, is overpowering. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's, yeah. I would, I would like that sermon. I definitely yeah. like that we'll sermon. To, we'll have to preach that sermon. Yeah. So maybe I can find it in vices. Oh, that's a good vice. Oh, I can, yeah. I can vices. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, this has been another rousing episode of Hoddlecast. Just keep swimming, you rats. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Producer Mark, can we have candy now? We did a podcast. No. I quit. <laughs>